light in the darkness. Off Top. Off Topic episodes are a sub-series within the Greater Light in the Darkness podcast where Daniel and I have an opportunity to sit down and have conversations that stray away from our normal supernatural and paranormal fare. These are our day-in and day-out conversations. The only difference is this time we set up the microphones and we're recording it so you can take a listen. So consider yourself invited to the digital campfire, if you will. The microphones are on, the coffee's hot, the chairs are semi-comfortable, still forgot my cushion, and, uh, <laughs> Corey, do we still have those bulletproof sun-blocking UV <laughs> crochet ceramic stickers, by chance? Not only do we have those stickers, we have the stickers that you could take into Alaska to the Arctic Circle itself and mm. build an igloo out of insulated that was the term i forgot i forgot insulated you dear listener could have one of these lovely stickers for yourself by going to litdpod.com slash support and giving a donation of absolutely any amount and with your first donation we will shoot you a sticker out in the mail and if you still haven't got your sticker and if you dear listener are carrying just burdens and burdens of guilt and shame like we have for saying our stickers are all these things that they're truly not when we honestly have no idea what those stickers are made out of yeah all that if that's what's weighing down on your back and you don't know what to do with it well that leads us into tonight's topic repentance all right danny boy the studio has gotten somber. <laughs> mm. There's a certain weight and seriousness that we were both carrying approaching this topic after our a little bit extra time of prayer and uh, combing the scriptures for the right things to say and bring. Um, we're going to talk about repentance. Oof. And that seems to be a topic that the American church just doesn't really major on anymore. Nope. Uh, in fact, it's kind of like the American church has taken grace and overemphasized truths about grace to the point that it makes you feel like you don't need to repent anymore. False. <laughs> Categorically. <laughs> <laughs> so... We are going to try to take on the topic of repentance and mostly just show you guys how messed up we are and how much we daily repent before the Lord. You know, we constantly have these stories of ways we've screwed up, but the great thing is God is so redeeming. <laughs> I feel like you guys look at us sometimes, it's like, wow, you guys are just jacked up. <laughs> yes. And and correct. <laughs> but God is perfect. And every time we let him in, he takes one of those faults or stories and uses it for his glory. So put on your seatbelt and here we go. So repentance is something that as I have grown closer and closer with the Lord, I find myself doing more and more often. The closer I get to him, the closer I see him, the more I see his majesty, his glory, and his utter holiness, the more I realize that there are areas in my life where I just fall short. 
There are areas in my life that are not redeemed, that have not fully, that area of my life has not fully encountered the power of Jesus to resurrect it. And when I encounter those areas, I have to bring them before him and repent, ask for his forgiveness, and then ask for his grace to empower me to live a life that is free from those issues, free from that crud, and walk a life that is actually holy. Seeing his holiness makes me desire to live a life that is holy and set apart. And repentance is the doorway of that process. Repentance almost feels like a dirty word in the church today. We don't talk about it if you sit down and your pastor says, well, the sermon of today's title, the repentance three ways or whatever. <laughs> exactly. I'll see y'all next week. <laughs> gotta go. You leave. You leave. You don't wait for that offer plate to pass by. You beat feet. And what's crazy is that when you look at some of the greatest revivals and awakenings in the history of the church, it starts with a call to repentance. What was it? The first or second great awakening, the sermon that like triggered all of that was a sermon called Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. And I don't know how theologically sound that sermon was, but it provoked people turning around and walking with Jesus. And that's what we are all about here at Light in the Darkness. So, Holy Ghost Time Machine, I pray that you would just take me back to some times that I really goofed up and I needed to bring things before you that I didn't even realize. Okay, that was quick. (laughs) So, there was a time where I really disliked a certain person. I had a strong aversion to them. And I did... All the things that we talked about in our anger off topic where I'd make those jokes that were, let's be honest, they were really funny because I'm a hilarious guy, but they are also cruel and cutting and just dripping with the evilness of this world and our fallen state of humanity. And I realized one day that a large part of the reason that I disliked this person was actually rooted in jealousy. I was jealous of what they got to do in ministry. I was jealous that I felt like I deserved to be doing what they were doing. I deserved to be living that life. I had paid my dues. I had done all these things, and I, I, I deserve that. Why, why are they getting to do this when I can do this better? And I remember the Lord laying that on my heart. And... uh <laughs> Before falling asleep that night, I had a real authentic, raw conversation with the Lord about it. And I had to repent. And I had to ask for forgiveness for the sin of jealousy, the sin of pride for presuming that I could do things better than him when I honestly haven't been in that situation and have no idea if I could do it any better. And the Lord blessed that relationship, actually. I've been able to sit down with them multiple times and have real authentic exchanges about the love of Jesus. I've gotten to prophesy things into their life about the love of Jesus. And I am getting to, now that my eyes are clear from jealousy, 
see the fingerprints of Jesus on this person and how they are growing in their own relationship with Jesus and getting to see him do what he's done in my life, which is just completely immerse them in his love. And none of that would have been possible without me hearing the conviction of the Holy Spirit and repenting and turning the other way. So, I remember in a past episode, Pastor Shelley had mentioned a vision that the Lord had given her of these tubes from heaven, just to describe how blessings and the gifts and all these things from him can come to us. You know, the thing she really beat the drum on was how unforgiveness can clog up those pipes and everything attached to it can just shut the blessings down. And that's all I was thinking of the whole time you were talking is, your pipes are clogged, bro. Your pipes are clogged. And it's just like, not to be so silly, but this Holy Ghost Roto-Rooter comes in and it's just like, the minute you get this junk out of your way and then the blessings start coming and you're like, where was this the whole time? And it, you were you were just in your own way. Too often, I did the same thing. I'm sitting here going through multiple stories of my own, but the biggest thing was I always wanted to parallel. I always wanted to look at someone else and go, I could do that. Why don't you call me to do that, God? But the minute I get that speck out of my own eye, he had so many awesome things for me. Some were similar and some were things I didn't even know he would use me to do. I agree, repentance is so special and I have those moments on my pillow at night. I know what you're talking about. As a young kid, that's what was instilled in me is in those still small moments before you go to bed. Go over your day. See if the Father talks to you about it and ask him to forgive you for these things that didn't honor him, that didn't honor the kingdom. And then turn from them. Change. Grow. The closer I get to the Lord, I describe that process. I see his holiness. I want to be holy. I see his holiness. I want to be holier. And... I look back at other seasons of my life, and this is honestly the thought that really kick-started this whole conversation, was I was sitting there thinking about all the times I used to say when I was doing sinful things, yeah, but the Lord does my heart. Mm. Like, I might be messing up, and I might be doing dumb things, I might be drinking too much, I might be smoking weed, I might be listening to awful music or watching awful movies, playing horrible, horrible video games, whatever it is, but the Lord knows my heart. Not a get-out-of-jail-free card. (laughs) Not by any means. No, it's a trap. (laughs) And it is a trap that we fall into, because yes, dear beloved, the Lord does know your heart, but... I don't know if you do. Jeremiah 17, 9, the Lord is talking. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only the Lord can know the true motivation behind why you do what you do. And my example from a few minutes ago, I, if you would have asked me, would have given a dozen other justifications for why I felt about that person, what I did. It was a true revelation that only he could provide, he being the Lord, that my issues with this person was rooted out of jealousy and not out of all the other periphery things that I would have justified my feelings about. He is the one that knows your heart. And the more you get to know the Lord, the more you start realizing the things that hurt his heart. And the less you want to grieve him, the less you want to cause him pain. And this isn't an off topic on the fear of the Lord, although I guarantee you, dear listener, that one is going to be coming down the pipes at some point. Oh, it's it's come up a few times, right? (laughs) (laughs) But 
repentance is not a doom and gloom thing. To have the blood of Jesus applied to an area of your life, you first have to repent. Hmm. You have to admit, not my way. I messed up. I am screwed up. And you have to repent first. So I crafted, and I'm not diligent enough with it. I don't do it often enough, but I crafted a prayer um, for my own life that I, I, I intended on praying daily. And well, that doesn't always happen. But while crafting it, I took this in, into consideration, the process of repentance. What, how do I repent on a daily basis if I don't even know like of any sins that I committed the day before? Which, believe it or not, dear listener, you can have days, weeks, months of your life where you actually don't sin. It is possible. That's a separate off topic. But I crafted this part of Psalms 19 into this prayer, and it says, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. You see, that psalm is King David talking. And when he's talking about secret sins, in our modern culture, we normally, if we think that someone has secret sin, it's probably like porn or an addiction or something else, gambling, whatever is going on behind closed doors. But that's not what David is talking about in that psalm. David is talking about the sins and the corruption in his own heart that he doesn't even see. He doesn't even realize this sin is secret to even him. And he is crying out to the Lord, cleanse me from my secret sins and keep me back from my presumptuous sins. Presumptuous, the ones you do because you presume that the Lord knows your heart. Man, secrets of the heart, those secret sins, the ones that, like you were saying, you don't speak out. There was this season of life, I just would cut people with my words because I was so afraid they would see that I was broken on the inside. It was my entire middle school career, if that's what you want to call it. I didn't want them to see that I was so afraid my parents were going to split, that I missed my sister going to college, and I felt alone, and I wasn't sure how to be a man, so I was going to be tough, and if you came at me, I was going to make you cry. I remember the day I laid that on the altar, and I just wept, and I wept, and I wept, and I wept because I didn't talk about it to anyone. I didn't realize it was a problem until I had a teacher pull me aside who happened to go to the same church I did and said, Daniel, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, where is all this coming from? I just heard what you said to that kid. I could write you up for that. You could get expelled. It never occurred to me this is spilling out of my heart from fear and jealousy. And I didn't even know what that term meant, secret sins. I I wouldn't have even known to call it that then. It's amazing how those things just seem to go unchecked, though, forever. We look at the big stuff, but it's the ones that are buried deep. Just flow out like little garden hoses on a full blast, man. You were talking about fear of the Lord and how that might come into this. I used to spend time every day after school in our yard. I didn't realize I was having quiet time with the Lord. He didn't tell me that till later on in life, that all those moments I was out there cutting the grass and planting flowers that I wasn't by myself trying to stay away from the chaos that was going on in the home because there was two hurt people trying to figure out life. And so 
one day I was so mad. I was planting Gerber daisies. I love Gerber daisies. And they always come back different colors. They're beautiful. I turned at the sky and I just screamed, F you. I, I lifted two middle fingers and I said, why would you make me feel this way? Why would you tear apart my household? And I just sat there and I let him have it. I didn't know my neighbor was in the yard next door. I probably wouldn't have said the things I said. And I'm just out there weeping and yelling and cursing and screaming. And, and I stopped and I went back to, to pruning the Gerber daisies. And then it hit me, all the things I just said. I was big and I was bad and tough guy, yelling at God. I called my youth pastor and I was like, can I, can I come down there? Can I have my mom break me? And I wouldn't even tell her why I needed to go to his office. And I told him, I said, I just, I just screamed at God, F you. I just flipped him off. I don't know what to do, but I know that's a big no-no. I was so afraid. I was like, I think, I think that's blasphemy. He's like, it's not blasphemy. He said, and it's okay. The fact that you came down here, you know, number one, that's a fear of the Lord, son, but maybe, maybe let that sink in a little deeper next time before you throw up the middle fingers and drop the F-bomb. And, you know, he's like, just take it to the Father. Repent. It's okay. This, we're not dealing with blasphemy here because number one, you, you didn't mean what you said and God knows that. But repent. I repented that night on my pillow. And I've never, <laughs> that, I shouldn't say I've never, that was the first time the weight hit me of, God, I'm sorry. I, I think I, I probably grieved your spirit when I said those things. I, I know you didn't do this. And years later, <laughs> he showed me that. He was like, I know you went out there to be alone in the yard. But the whole time he was there with me, and I didn't know it. I didn't know we were having father-son time. It made it that much harder when I look back on that story that I said those things and all the while he was comforting me and with me. And I think I've repented for that multiple times because I was so afraid I grieved his spirit because I was so afraid my words cut him. Like you were saying, it's amazing how the closer we get to the father, the more it's, you know, it's not so much, oh no, what did I do? It's like, God, I'm so sorry I said or did that. Dear listener, look. I am not advocating that you go on some sin hunt in your life. That's not what we are here saying. Nope. That'll get you nowhere because you're just like us. You have your own stories. You're just as broken without him. But what we are advocating is conversation with the Lord. I don't have the exact reference pulled up. But somewhere between John 14 and 16, I think, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is coming and he will convict us of sin and of righteousness. And when he's convicting you of sin, it's to lead you into repentance. Because after that, he can convict you of righteousness. And it's, it's not your righteousness that he's convicting you of. It's the righteousness and the inheritance of Jesus that is transferred onto you. But as long as there is a sin that is standing between you and the Lord in whatever area of your life, and I'm not saying this is a salvation issue, okay? If you die with some unrepented sin, I am not saying you go to hell because the Lord knows your heart. (laughs) 
but to to walk with him more closely, to gain more intimacy with him, we have to examine these areas of our life. There's a uh, multiple songs uh, that come to mind. God is a consuming fire. Lord, refine me. Pass me through the fire. All these different concepts and thoughts. As we grow closer with the Lord, He loves us, and He knows that sin stands between us and Him. He knows that it gets in the way, and as you gain intimacy with Him, and as you come to know Him more, He is not going to allow those things to stand without Him putting His finger on it and saying, son, daughter, let's let's look at this, and let's get this right. You don't have the strength. You don't have the righteousness that you need to deal with your sin. That's why Jesus came. That's why God himself became a man, so that he could do for you what you could never do for yourself and give you the strength to lay sin aside and pursue him. I only have one thought left, and that is, if you're new, if this whole Christianity thing is new, what is repentance? How do I do it? Whatever that thing is that's between you and God, say it out loud. Ask him to forgive you for that thing, to take it out of your heart, take it out of your thoughts, and then turn from it. Turn from it and try to go the other way. Start there. I love you guys. You got this. And until next time, take care, y'all.